Hi, this is Adrienne Barbeau. Just call me Billy. Everyone does. And you're listening to withoutyourhead.com. of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil and i'm joined by james moses black of the upcoming soz soldados o zombies and it's very cool to have you here thank you neil thank you uh, i appreciate that rousing introduction yes i should have thought of a cool name uh for we can nasty neil treacherous trister couldn't be here today but um i don't know i i don't know what goes with james jay is always a, is a hard one uh, usually, uh, my last name, um, and no, I'm just joking. Uh, James is a hard one, man. Is you know, you don't, I, you can't call me gerbil James, you know, that, that wouldn't like, too no, much. Not, it doesn't bring fear <laughs> to the heart. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, doesn't bring, you know, me to mind. Right. So SOZ, uh, Soldados O Zombies, that's going to be on, um, Amazon prime this week. Yes. August 6th. Uh, we uh, we shot that show in uh, Durango, Mexico, in the desert, which was kind of cool because it really there was no desert heat. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a couple of days where it was hot, but it wasn't like desert heat, like Palm Springs heat. Right. Uh, but we shot it in Durango, and then we did a little bit of it in Mexico City. Uh, and uh, if if I had to describe it, it is like an action. F- I, I always tell people it is not your typical zombie, you know, the walking dead is like, no, these dudes and, and, and they, they can run after you and track you down. Uh, So uh, it is sort of like bad boys, all versions like bad boys, one, two, three, that mixed up with the walking dead. And 
that's the story pretty much. It's just a lot of action. It's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of like somewhat horror whoring, but it's not really horror horror as you think of it, because these people aren't from the dead. They're actually experiments. So, uh, but it's, it's that type of thing. It's a lot of action and there, there's some comedy in it, but it's not grotesque comedy, you know, right, right. it's just, you know, you're dealing with a, a zombie and you want them to do something, you know, <laughs> you know, that's gotta be funny in itself. So, uh, yeah, but it was a good time down there. How did you get involved in that? Uh, well, I auditioned for it way, I, you know, came about uh and uh and it was funny that the, the guy who picked me his name was nico nico intel and he said man i was i was not even thinking about you know an african-american general or colonel in a sense he said but you know when you came in and you killed it it, it just changed my mind and uh and you know it was funny man when i was out in the waiting room i was looking at the people in the waiting room it was only like three of us four of us maybe no one not complexion or 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 culture looked like me they didn't have what i had on they just it was just it, it visually game over right i was gonna say if you show up and everyone looks completely different from uh from from you do you think like i don't have a, sh- a shot at this or do you think i'm gonna stand out because i'm different than than everyone else here well and again i'm not saying that from a uh, a race perspective i'm saying it from do you know what you're auditioning for by what you have on? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and this is clothing. So uh, I, when I saw him, I was thinking to myself, well, if you're not even going to attempt to dress, then this is game over. I got this, you know, so interesting game over, you know, did that um, when you said the, the, uh, whoever set it up, like uh, they didn't envision uh, an African-American in that role. Did it change your role at all? Or is it still as? No, you, you know, my dad was in the military. So, uh, you know, but he wasn't a colonel. He was a senior chief petty officer on a, on a ship. But uh, but that, that his mentality was the same, you know, <clears throat> it's like this is your job. You control your job and you control the people who work for you. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I, I did it. Yeah. It's just like any other. It could be just just as Jack Nicholson was and uh, a few good men. It could be like that. It was like that in a sense. Uh, any type of military movie that I'm that dude. I'm just that dude. You know, so. would you say your dad uh, influenced that? In uh, I think he you know, when I looked at his career, he spent like 23 years in the military, man. So he was you know, he was entrenched, you know. And the way he would talk to me sometimes is like, dude, I am not, I, I'm not like a soldier, bro. <laughs> like when he would have these conversations, I was like, I'm not a soldier, bro. I'm not a sailor, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, he, he probably influenced a little bit of that, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much you know about the horror movies or anything, but uh, original, what people really claim claim is the original, uh, like modern zombie movie, Night of the Living Dead. Um, the lead in it is African-American Dwayne Jones. And the story there is always, it wasn't written that way, but he happened to be the best actor. So he got the, uh, he got the role. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, when you take narcos, like people, you, you figure the mob, the Mexican cartel, the U S government trying to get someone and you infuse those, but they have to be better than try to get this person. 
and that's what that's what Solados versus uh, or O Zombies is. It's just this these organization that's U.S. government is trying to get to this person, but they discover a way to get to him that can't be stopped. But now it turns back on them, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's on uh, Amazon Prime. Right. How is the you know the rise of all the streaming websites? How's that uh, affected your life as an actor? Um, <clears throat> there's more opportunities, definitely. Uh, there's a lot more opportunities. Uh, and this particular show is streaming in 204 countries, so that's a that's a lot. That's a lot of people watching a show, but uh, it also gives you know rise to you don't have to be on network TV anymore. You know, you don't have to be on an ABC or an NBC. You know, you could probably work if you wanted to. You could probably work two two shows a year and do a couple of movies. Um, it's a lot. That's a lot of work, but you could probably do it just because the platform has changed a lot and there's a lot more opportunities. I mean, me as a writer, because I also write, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of made me think about, you know, we. I have a couple of TV shows that I've written, but it also makes me think about the movies that I've written and to make them short form or make them, you know, turn them into TV series, you know, because I mean, look, Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney because you know, they gave her 20 million and didn't give her, they didn't tell her that was going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So it got into a revenue. So I think that's where it's pretty much headed, man. It's just, I think I don't, if AMC makes a complete comeback, it'll be, it'll be very small. And, and I think it's going to be independent as well. They won't be a large chain like they were before. Yeah. I mean, for me, per, I know I'm not like everybody, but going to the theater, I, that's how I, I think it's the best way to watch a movie, but I've been going back to the theater and, you know, unfortunately, there's not too many people there besides me. Right. I don't know if they will come back in full force, like you said. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, another, another instance of what, the, what COVID has changed, the way COVID has made us adapt to a certain way of life. And now it's going to be the norm. You know, the disease might go away or, or we might get it under control, but there's no such thing as yesterday anymore. You know, it's just, it's, it's all going to change. When you were saying about series, uh, several people, when I have them on independent filmmakers, you know, uh, especially they, they give that advice to uh, start doing series. Cause they said it, it amounts to more uh, product for a, uh, for the streaming sites. And that's what they need is more, you know, stuff as opposed to, you know, one feature, it's like 90 minutes. Right. Right. Yeah. The content, the available content is there, Right. Um, you know what the, the problem with having too much content or the the I'm sorry the uh, the desire to have that content is that sometimes you run into not the same sort of talent because all the other talent is taken up so you start grabbing other talent yeah. so uh, you could run into you know serious issues with you know just talent on your show writing may be good but if the talent's lousy or the talent might be great and the writing's lousy, you know, so it, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to take on, man, you know, but I think that's the way it's going to happen. Yeah. I also you know? think there's uh you get to see more varied content. Cause I think a lot of things when there was like three or five networks, you know, they they might not have greenlit something that's kind of out of the box, but now since there's, you know, there's more like, I think you get a more of a, a niche program that might yeah. not have uh, flown before. Yeah, I have a show I wrote called Segregation, and it's a modern day segregation. 
uh, it's uh, basically it's based on ideology, political ideology. And uh, the country separates into East and West in terms of really geographically. They, okay. The government comes up with the strategy to if you want to live in the West, you can live in the West. Well, the East, East, this, these are two sides. It's sort of like East and West Berlin, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day. But uh, the, co- the company, I mean, the country comes up with it as a, uh, a, as a result of the insurrection that happened, just so happened. Uh, so I think it's pretty good. I mean, we, we've got another one um, that I think is, that should really get, get going here soon. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a comedy, but it deals with um, psychotherapy where you actually, it's half live action and half animated. So in order, if you're dealing with marital problems and stuff like that, you go see these, these people who discovered this drug. But part of the treatment is psychotherapy where you fall asleep at night and you have this interactive dream. Interesting. It helps deal yeah. with, yeah, your problems. So, yeah. Uh, the, the first one, would you say it's kind of like, what kind of genre would, would that fit in? Would it be so, or science so it's dystopian? It's dystopian. You know, it is, it, it's, it's that it is a, it is a, it's a drama. It's a thriller and drama at the same time, because there is this uh, a dystopian way of looking at it because yes, there's some, similarities to what happened on January 6th, but the result of those is different. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, everybody's not living among everybody that they choose to live among right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So this, this takes apart the country and segregates it freely. Not, you're not putting anyone into bonds or anything. It's free segregation. So they, 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 they line up the East and West and say, go where you want to go and we'll help finance. We'll sell your house. We'll sell your house. If somebody wants to come East, somebody goes West. But the whole, the whole idea behind it is, is that uh, we're more divided than we think we are. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So. All I have to do is look on social media for a couple. Yeah. Minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really weird because honestly, uh, you know, I grew up, I grew up on the Cape, on Cape Cod here and, um, so it's pretty liberal. And I always just assumed a lot of a lot of uh, way certain people thought I thought it was more just like maybe someone in the up in the hills, like think this way. But uh, the last few years, I've noticed it's a lot more prevalent than I ever imagined it was. Yeah, it's among, you know, it's among us, man. It ain't no joke, man. You know, I think I used to think that about California, but I was like, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, it's here. It's here. Division is definitely here. So uh, writing um, screenplays, um, was that something you've always been interested in or is it something you just uh, started to look into? No, I, th- I, think it, I think it turned into that. I think it turned more or less into a power grab for my own self, mm-hmm. you know, to get more, more sort of control and more, you know, um, autonomy in my own life uh, to write and to create and create projects that I think that people would enjoy because they're really based on life. I, I don't write a lot of, you know, science fiction. As a matter of fact, I don't have any science fiction. Um, and, uh, and so that's what it really basically, I'm just looking at my, I was looking at my, my own personal life and saying, how do I, you know, how do I move in certain ways? Which way do I want to move? And you have to sometimes create your own sort of road to get there. So would you play into also uh, uh, star in these? Well, I wouldn't be the focal point, but I would try to listen. Listen, if they came at me and they said, hey, James, we'd like to buy 
Uh, we like to get uh, segregation. I got another one called The Last War, which I think is really intriguing. But let's say they, they came to me and they said, hey, man, we want to we want to buy uh, The Last War, um, but you're not going to be the star. I'd be OK. I would. I'd be like, OK, you know, because it's a it's a it's a platform to dive into the rest of your of your catalog. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, you're still getting paid. It doesn't matter. Right. So if I'm not the star, maybe you can write me in. Uh, maybe I can write myself in as a, a recurring or something like that. But I don't have to be the star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you started to, to write, is it the same as when you started to act? Like, is it the same um, creative outlet or is it different? I think I think writers who are not actors. I mean, there's some great ones. I mean, you know, there's some great writers out there. Aaron Sorkin. Soderbergh. I mean, there's some great writers out there, but sometimes I think with writers, uh, you don't understand the common language versus the sort of written language that you discovered yourself. But there's a lot of there is a lot of subtle language that they miss, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, and I try to write as if you and I were on a corner talking whether we were you were the president or I was, you know, the ambassador, whatever that is, that common language that people use mm-hmm. um, is where I think my writing is a common language, you know. Yeah. And then if, if, if there's a dignitary in the thing, yeah, you elevate this sort of the vocabulary, but it's still common enough, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then what, when they're not on a platform somewhere giving a speech to 100,000 people. Right. Uh, Earlier when you said your father was in the military, um, what did your family think of you wanting to pursue acting? Uh, That's a good one, man. Uh, So my mother said, keep working. Uh, My dad was like, all right, you know, but my mother was like, yeah, man, send me another check before you decide to go do something where you ain't going to get another regular check, you know, but uh, they were both supportive, man. I think they enjoy seeing the different things that I do. And I, you know, I went to, I went to college, man. I went to, I went to Central State in Ohio, which is an HBCU. And uh, I went to college thinking, you know, I was going to be a doctor, right? That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a doctor. And then as I got along, I started, you know, thinking about other people instead of myself, like whose dream is this? Whose dream to become a doctor is this? Is it mine? Or is it my family's? But it, it, as I got along in college, it, it, it wasn't my dream. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And then so I dove off into corporate America for a while. And they said, I asked myself the same thing. Is this somebody else's dream or is this what I want to do? Mm-hmm. And it's when you work for someone. And again, we all have to work the way we want to work. But when you work for someone, which I discovered, it, you never get paid what you think you deserve. You never get paid that because then we would all be super wealthy, but you never get paid what you think you deserve. So you have to go out. If you're going to work that hard for someone, work that hard for yourself. If you can, it's not always, it's not always an easy thing, man. You know mm-hmm. what I do. Um, was there a particular, was there a particular movie or TV show or anything that like, really like you, what you saw and you like, this is what I'd like to do. No, there were people, there were people, not necessarily movies, but there were people like, you know, 
James Brown was probably one of the first people I ever watched. And he was just a performer, right? He was a performer. He was a serious performer. Um, I think Robin Williams did it for me. I think Richard Pryor did it for me. I think um, Cindy Portier definitely did it for me. Um, the woman who has like seven Oscars, she did it for me. Um, I forgot her name. I should be ashamed that I don't, I forgot her name. Anyway, uh, so there's been a string of people who you know, sort of, I looked at and said, man, I'd, I'd like to do that. I'd like to do that. Uh, you mentioned a couple of uh, comedians there. Is, um, so uh, I know you do a lot of comedies. Do you have a preference in, in comedy or drama? Or, or do yeah, you I, try, I, I try to stay away from comedies, man. I mean, I could do them, but I try to stay. You know, Robert Guillaume, who, uh, who used to be on a show called Soap, and I think he's a pretty, pretty wide-known name, yeah. widely-known name. Uh, he, uh, I had the chance to meet him, and one of the things he first said to me when we were talking, he said, hey, man, don't be a buffoon. Don't, whatever you do. You could do comedy, but do smart comedy. Do comedy that's smart. And if you look at his track record of, of TV shows and things he did, he, he always did smart things. And so uh, if it's smart, I'll do it. But if it's just me being stupid, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, what was the reasoning behind that? I, I assume because there was you know, less representation of the time, on the, at the time on TV. Yeah, if you look at most, and, and again, this is, I'm not talking about anybody specifically, but if you look at most comedians, if you look at Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks got in, he did, uh, what was Bachelor? Was it Bachelor Party, Bachelor something? He did uh, Big, he did, all, he did a couple of things. Yeah. Then he got out because that, that tunnel started narrowing mm -hmm. to make him just be that. Will Smith, he did, a, he did Fresh Prince. Uh, he, he, he did another comedy, but he always used his comedy in a sense that, you know, he knew that if he kept just doing comedy, that's all they would look at him as. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all they would look at him. And, and you know, it's just like, I, I, I didn't want to get stuck in that, that tunnel, mm -hmm. you know, that myopic tunnel that just had people looking at me like this without that broader picture. Right. And if you look at the body of my work, I mean, I've done a lot of different roles. I mean, like a lot of different roles. So that's that's helped me. I always thought uh, as far as to me, it always seems um, it's not always this way, but uh, that there are more comedians that become like good dramatic actors as opposed to people you think of as dramatic actors that can become uh, funny comedians. Yeah. I mean, when, when a dramatic, a really good dramatic actor does comedy like uh, Robert, uh, Robert De Niro, right. it's, it's funny because he doesn't lose that edge. Right. You know, he doesn't and lose that's that part edge. of what makes it funny is just the idea of seeing Robert De Niro in a comedy. You know? <laughs> yeah. But comedy is a straight up skill, man. And if you can develop it, there's timing that goes along with comedy. There, there is, um, there's ensemble casts that go along with comedy. You know, comedy is, but comedy is hard. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. It is hard. But once you develop that skill, that improv skill and that, uh, and that timing skill, it's, it, it, it's, it's valuable when you do drama. Uh, when right before that you were saying that um, you know you've done a lot of different roles is what do you look for in a role like is there anything particular you know they're all different things but what is it about those roles that you know interested you 
Well, I always tell people like, yo, you get one, you get to do one that is the dumbest thing you'll never do again. <laughs> and that for me was Joe Dirt 2. <laughs> so, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's Joe Dirt. Two. Yeah, not even um, Joe Dirt 1, Joe Dirt 2. Joe, Joe Dirt 2. It got greenlit for a second one. But uh, I think I, I look for things that uh, make sense in terms of do they affect lives? Um, is it possible? If I do comedy and it's, it's okay comedy, I want to make sure I get to laugh. If I don't laugh, it's not going to be funny, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't see the funny in it, uh, it's not going to be funny. So I, I look for things that people can relate to a lot of times. And and so I try to make myself ever present in anything I do. Right. Because you know, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm the treasure chest. Right. I'm the things that you get all the the toys and everything out of. It's not some invisible thing that they're asking you to create. It's you, you know. And uh, so when when I when I create, I make sure that there's a heavy dose of who I am in it. And also, I also think of things that are, um, what's the word for it? Uh, we have the propensity to do. So in acting, you, I, I, have the, I, I don't like to kill or anything like that in movies, and the, but I have the propensity to do anything imaginable mm-hmm. when, I, when I act, right? Because it's, what is it? It's imaginable. It's, it's, it's imaginary. So I can get in it and I can live in it, give myself an extension and I think that's so, so looking for those roles that I can extend out. Um, I, I, I like that. Interesting. Um, I have to mention uh, that you have Lansky coming out with uh, Harvey Keitel. I'm a big Harvey mm-hmm. Keitel fan. And uh, I'm also a big mafia movie fan. I was going to say mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds very strange. But uh, yeah. what, what do you think it is about uh, people and their fascination with the, with the mafia and organized crime? Well, first, I, 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 when I got the part, I said, wait a minute, this is, um, this is like 69, 68, 71. I said, listen, ain't no black people in the mob, man. You know, ain't, ain't no black people in the mob. Oh, no, James, we don't want you to be in the mob. I was like, oh, okay. They said, we want you to be the head FBI director in Florida. And I said, listen, man, ain't no head black FBI <laughs> director. <laughs> you know, come on, man, with this stuff, man. And, uh, and, and so I, I took it. But I think the fascination with, with Meyer Lansky in particular was his ability to do numbers. Like he, he, was, he was a genius at numbers. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to legitimate, legitimize the mob's dealings because, you know, he, he'd have these numbers and he'd just bang them out. And this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. But I think the fascination is it's like seeing a celebrity. You see a mobster. You, see, you really see a celebrity. Mm-hmm. You know, when John Gotti was rolling, when the, all that family was rolling, when people people still watch The Godfather, right? The Godfather is probably, yeah, yeah man, it's, people still watch this because you really think you're, this is the life and, and it is a crazy life, but it's a celebrity life in a sense, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's the more, fat. they're not fascinated with, you know, and I think that, with with Frank Sinatra, he had sort of the close range to the mob, and 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 there's so there was that glamour part of it, mm-hmm. right? Glamour part of it. Uh, him dating you know, different movie stars. I mean, it, I think it was just something that people glamorized. 
you know. And that was yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it kind of goes back even bef- uh, with just kind of glorifying criminals, I think, in the United States for a while, you right. know, Billy the Kid and, and stuff. I, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you think what's the what's the biggest uh, cartel dude we, we ever known? We still know his name, Mike. Uh, uh, what's his name from uh, South America? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Obviously, we know his name. Yeah. yeah, we know his name. You know, he was he was like a Pablo yeah. Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Right, yeah. The, the dude was a, he was a, he he was a celebrity, mm-hmm. right? This all powerful dude was a celebrity, so. I think that's the fascination. Yeah. It's kind of in a weird way, the American dream coming from maybe nothing and becoming something. Yeah. Rising up, you know, nefarious means, but yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, S O Z soldados. O zombies is uh, premiering this week on Amazon prime. And uh, the Harvey can tell Lance he's coming out at some point. It is out. It's actually, I think one of my friends said it's on Amazon. Uh, that's coming out. And then there's a movie that's coming out in September. Uh, it's called Queen Pens. Uh, Christian Bell, Kristen, Kristen Bell, uh, Joel McKenna, uh, uh, my man Vince Vaughn. Uh, there's a bunch of people in it. It's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a comedy about uh, these women who came up with this, this scheme to take advantage of a loophole in the uh, coupon business. <laughs> that sounds actually very funny, huh? Yeah, yeah, so it's pretty cool. Very cool. I'll check that out. I'll check all yeah. those out. And not just yeah, check, them like out. <laughs> check them out. Check them out. If people would like to follow you, uh, not to your home or anything, but online, right, right. are you on social media? Yeah, yeah. I, so uh, 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 I'm on Instagram at James Moses Black underscore. If you are 60 and over, I'm on Facebook. Uh, if you are 20 and under, I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> 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 I joined TikTok because people were asking me to, but uh, I I delete off my phone very quickly because. Yeah, man, I I can't I I just don't have that many things I want you to know <laughs> that I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah, so. I was just gonna start promote my interviews again, but I thought I already do this everywhere else. So. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't want to dance or anything on. on no, no, no. I I'm, I'm cool, man. So. Yeah. Very good. Well, this was very fun to talk with you. All right, Neil. I appreciate the time, man. And uh, let's do it again. Sounds good. All right. right. Take care. You too, man. Bye-bye. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old-world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. We should have listened. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming night! Mostly! They're coming night! Mostly! They're coming night! Mostly! They're coming night! Mostly! Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming